0: Welcome to the Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. It's April 2018, yay, it's spring finally in New York. Um, I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about at Course Report in April. And of course, April started off with April Fools. There was one kind of sort of funny piece in Fortune's satire section about bootcamps, including training in congressional testimony, inspired by Mark Zuckerberg's two-day long congressional hearings earlier this month. That was a little bit funny, but in more serious news, what are we going to talk about today, y'all? So
1: this month's news about bootcamps had four overarching trends, bootcamp acquisitions, employers putting their own employees through bootcamp, the debate between college versus bootcamps, and expanding accessibility to coding education for underrepresented groups in tech.
2: Plus, we look at apprenticeships, the evolution of bootcamp curricula,
0: life after bootcamp, and of course, new bootcamps. So let's start by looking at some major acquisitions and fundraisers this month. Imogen, tell us about April's first acquisition announcement.
1: Yeah, so online bootcamp Thinkful acquired another online bootcamp, Block. These are two established bootcamps which have been competitors for some time, and we've often compared them as alternatives on course report. Financial details were not disclosed for the acquisition, but Thinkful said Block was not actually profitable when the deal was finalized. E-learning Inside looked at how Block was one of the first online coding boot camps founded in 2011, and Thinkful was founded soon after the following year. It also mentions the fact that Block is headquartered in the West Coast and Thinkful on the East Coast, so combined, the two boot camps now cover both coasts. Now, this is the third acquisition that Thinkful has made since November, when it acquired the Viking School and the Odin Project. Plus, we mentioned in our March podcast that Thinkful raised $9.6 million in partnership with Leaf Technologies. Liz recently spoke to Thinkful co-founder Daryl Silver, who explained that Block and Thinkful will continue to offer a range of five programs, two from Block and three from Thinkful, with both separate job guarantees remaining in place. So if you want more information about this, you should check out Liz's great Q&A with Daryl, which will be on the Course Report blog this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like the, you know, for students, that acquisition isn't going to make a huge difference. Um, but it's definitely very interesting for the industry. And that thankful block acquisition would certainly be the biggest news of the month if this hadn't happened. On April 15th, General Assembly announced their sale to Adeco, which is the world's largest recruitment and staffing firm. They're based in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, If you remember a couple months ago, there was an article in Reuters that hinted at this sale, but there were no names in that article. We now know that they were bought by ADECO. And Bloomberg reports that ADECO says that General Assembly will continue to operate as a separate division led by its CEO, Jake Schwartz.
2: Did they disclose any financials of this deal?
0: Yeah, GA had raised $120 million. They were uh, worth $440 million after their last investment round. And the purchase price was $412.5 million dollars. So there are plenty of articles about this acquisition in Business Insider, TechCrunch, EdSurge, all over the place. But if you want to read a nice overview with some interesting insights, Caroline Howard from Forbes just published a nice short interview with CEO Jake Schwartz and says that this purchase doesn't signify the end of higher education, but rather a diversification and the building of this global classroom to career pipeline.
2: And if you're interested in seeing the history of coding bootcamp acquisitions, Crunchbase released a roundup of other coding bootcamps, which have been acquired over the years. It's a pretty good list, but not entirely comprehensive. We keep a full list on course report, and we'll link to it in this roundup when we publish it.
0: And Lauren, tell us about the latest fundraise we heard about in April.
2: Oh, yes. Okay, so Ed Surge and TechCrunch both reported that Holberton School raised $8.2 million in funding to expand its San Francisco-based coding school. The Series A investors included Daphne, Trinity Ventures, and Amityar Network. And Phys.org profiled two Holberton School students showing their career transitions from yoga teacher and art teacher to software engineers. And the other trend we are seeing right now
1: is for companies to develop their own employees' tech talent through coding bootcamps or in-house programs. And many coding bootcamps themselves are now offering customized training for companies. The general assembly acquisition by a large recruitment firm only backs up that trend. So Liz, let's hear about what training initiative Google is launching.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So The Economist reports on a trend in corporate training around artificial intelligence, the potential corporate market for AI software, hardware services um, will be around $58 billion by 2021. So to fill this gap, companies like Google, Amazon, and Microsoft are offering these like part consulting services, part boot camps. They last four weeks to several months. And whole teams from client companies can come to acquire uh, machine learning skills and build these customized systems alongside Google engineers. Google says that demand for these courses is overwhelming. And The Economist predicts that the Googles, Amazons, and Microsofts of the world may take over from the McKinsey's Boston Consulting Groups and Baines, which is a very interesting prediction. Along similar lines, according to Tech Republic, uh, Google has launched a free Learn to Code mobile app for JavaScript. It's called Grasshopper, which if you say that out loud, can tell it's inspired by the programming pioneer Grace Hopper, who coined actually coined the term bug and debug and programming. And then TechCrunch reported
2: that Microsoft launched a set of 13 online courses for entry level software developers covering the basics of Python and JavaScript. There's also a course on artificial intelligence for more advanced developers who want to expand their knowledge of machine learning. These two new courses join a growing number of similar free programs in Microsoft's professional program on edX.org.
1: And then CNBC's Jim Kramer looks at how Home Depot is hiring a lot of coders right now and actually trains existing employees in 12-week boot camps. In April, the company announced it was hiring 1,000 technical professionals as part of an $11 billion strategic investment plan to protect its lead over Amazon. That investment also includes training existing tech-savvy employees in those 12-week boot camps.
0: And in Minneapolis, a professional technology services firm called Genesis 10 is putting 12 candidates through a nine-week coding boot camp where students learn REST, API, Java, Spring Framework, which are all skills that Genesis 10's clients actually need. So that's just another example of a way that skills training can be kind of integrated into a company's hiring strategy.
2: And Meg Conlon of VizTech Magazine looks at three tactics that can help banks and financial institutions gain the IT talent that they need to progress toward digital transformation. One way in particular that she mentions is alternative training, like coding boot camps, to recruit new hires and upskill current employees. Conlon quotes, by embracing IT professionals with alternative credentials, banks and financial institutions can gain access to the in-demand skills and certifications these prospects Possess, all while promoting a more diverse workforce.
1: And then a guest post in VentureBeat by Jeff Mazur, the executive director of LaunchCode, looks at the difficulties in talent recruiting in the Midwest and elsewhere and how the demand just keeps growing. Jeff explains how LaunchCode partners with local employers to build custom curriculum and encourages employers to, quote, rethink how they source and develop talent, end quote. Jeff gives an example of a company called Express Scripts, which needed people with Pega and COBOL skills. So LaunchCode created a specific curriculum to teach 27 students those skills.
0: That's amazing, Imogen. And along similar lines, Forbes contributor Steve Cadigan looked at different ways to fill the talent gap in tech with a focus on custom corporate training. And he used Miami-based bootcamp WinCode as an example. So WinCode just launched Uh, This program called Custom Cohorts. They work directly with companies to prepare candidates to fill current job openings that fit the specific needs of the company. And this is definitely an interesting example of how coding boot camps can help a company flip the hiring model and train employees that the company actually needs. But Steve Cadigan also looks at ways to uh, change the job interview for the modern hiring process. So if you're an employer, I would definitely recommend reading page two of this piece. And WinCode's corporate training program is also highlighted in the Miami Herald this month, and they dive a little bit deeper into one of the clients that WinCode will be working with. The first company is called Liquid Consulting. Right now, eight students are finishing up the nine-week course at WinCode, and then after that, they'll be guaranteed jobs with Liquid. And Liquid is paying WinCode $25,000 per trainee or $200,000, I guess, whichever one comes first.
2: Wow, that's great. So, Sharon Gaffery of Recode looked at how important corporate training was for General Assembly and their success in sale. It was General Assembly's pivot to training services for big companies that wound up being its more lucrative business, which ultimately led to iSwiss staffing firm Adeco buying General Assembly for $412.5 million. So, as boot camps gain popularity, many are debating whether coding boot camps provide an alternative or a supplement to college. And they're looking at how colleges can tweak their offerings to compete with boot camps. Imogen, what did you see in the Wall Street Journal?
1: Yeah, so the Wall Street Journal profiles Mission U and other longer coding boot camps, which aim to replace college. It looks at how many of them have lower fees than college or offer income sharing agreements with guaranteed apprenticeships with tech companies, creating a pipeline to well paying jobs. The article profiles recent high school grad Aidan Carey, who considered Dartmouth, Vanderbilt and UVA, before selecting Mission U. However, the article also talks to an English professor, Gardner Campbell, who worries that without a more rounded college education, students were at risk of becoming, quote, well-paid drones, end quote. The article also mentions Holburton School, 42, and Kenzie Academy as examples of schools which market themselves as college alternatives and looks at how valuable those practical skills are to companies.
0: And Sydney Johnson, who covers boot camps quite comprehensively for EdSurge, also touched on this topic in April. She talks to a computer science professor from Stanford University, Mehran Sahami, about the popularity of CS majors and what he thinks of coding boot camps. Here's what he says. Um, I think the the big question that still, you know, needs to be answered because they haven't been around that long is, you know, do the boot camps actually provide, you know, enough training in some sense to give someone a foundation for a, you know, 40, 50-year career in technology? Or are they really just trying to get sort of enough skills, you know, du jour of the day to students to get
2: them, you know, try to place them in a particular job.
0: And, you know, there's, again, there's conflicting opinions on that. Sydney also asks Professor Sahami about why he sees less women in CS programs. And he says that, quote, one of the things we've seen at Stanford is as the number of people in computing in general increases, the percentage of women, not just the number of women, but the percentage of women, at least at the college level, goes up. So this is an audio podcast in addition to a QA and a that Ed Surges transcribed on the site. It's a good listen. I would, I would definitely suggest listening.
2: And Dan Patterson of Tech Republic actually interviewed Ravi Brannon, who is the vice provost at the Continuum College of the University of Washington, to look at how tech professionals should upskill and the difference between a certificate program at a university, a coding bootcamp, and a MOOC, which are massive online open courses. The first thing that they discuss in this interview is what developers should ask themselves and and some of the questions include what do you want to do with your career? What direction do you want to move in? This is a really great overview and advice for developers
0: picking the right continued education plan, so I definitely check out that interview. Cool, a lot of great perspectives from people both in boot camps and in higher education this month. And one of the ways that we can thoroughly prepare folks for the tech workforce is through apprenticeships, which often go hand in hand with boot camps. So, Lauren, what did the Bloomberg editors have to say about boot camps, apprenticeships and government funding this month?
2: Yeah, so Bloomberg Businessweek editors looked at how workers need to retrain and why government spending towards colleges is not helping. They suggest that apprenticeships and training programs like coding boot camps should be expanded, and they mention that government funding often can't be used for boot camp, which is a shame. So here's a quote from the piece. As the pace of technological change accelerates, so will the need to educate and re-educate workers. The long-term goal should be to revolutionize educational systems to make them places that adults visit and revisit as needed throughout their working lives. And
1: then in the same vein, conservative columnist Peter Morici writes in The Washington Times about how America is over in traditional higher education and how more apprenticeship programs are needed. He mentions that the Trump administration has doubled the Department of Labor budget for cultivating apprenticeships and also mentions course report and coding boot camps as alternatives to higher education. And here's a quote from Peter redirecting federal and state funding from higher education is sorely needed to encourage more of these innovative programs. Fewer students in college and more in skills-based training would make young workers more productive and prosperous, less indebted, and better enabled to embark on independent adult lives, end quote.
0: And we mentioned this in March's News Roundup, but speaking of apprenticeships, KMVT now has more information about the Code to Career Apprenticeship Program in Idaho and how to apply. There's a phone number in that piece. We'll publish it when we publish this roundup. But also interesting from that article, um, we learned that after six months of on-the-job training, people that participate in that apprenticeship program will receive a credential from the U.S. Department of Labor. I hadn't heard of that before. So we will definitely keep an eye on it.
1: Yeah, so it's really great that people are trying to get more funding for apprenticeships and skills-based education. And there are also many efforts going on to expand accessibility to coding education for various underrepresented groups around the world. So Lauren, tell us what the Department of Labor is now doing to help out.
2: Sure. So Texas Public Radio and Biz Journals covered the news of a $2 million grant from the U.S. Department of Labor to Alamo College's district to now offer scholarships for unemployed and underemployed San Antonio, Texas residents to attend CODUP, which is an 18-week coding boot camp. So CODUP CEO Jason Stroughton quotes, the majority of the students that received the three thousand five hundred dollars scholarship in the first cohort, it actually went above and beyond the tuition that was already either covered for other grants or financial aid options, and they were able to use that for housing, living expenses, and to purchase a laptop.
1: And then KALW profiled Ola Code, a coding bootcamp in Mexico City, which aims to teach deported migrants how to code. The program is five months, teaches JavaScript, and students get a stipend of $270 per week so they can focus on studying and don't need another job. Once they graduate and find a job, students then pay back their tuition. The article talks to a number of students who were feeling hopeless when they were first deported, but now they feel like they have a goal and a purpose. This is actually a really fascinating piece and quite long, so I I recommend reading the whole thing.
0: And Peru Reports profiles a Peruvian startup called Laboratoria. We've talked about them before. They teach Latina women how to code. This is also a fairly lengthy article, but they speak with Gabby Rocha, who works with Laboratoria, about why they focus on teaching women only and their plans to expand across South America. They say they're doing really well, so we should expect to see them expanding.
2: Nice. So Lynn Taylor of Thompson Reuters actually profiled experiences with the organization Code Your Future and how they are working to reboot lives. This was actually an interesting piece. So Code Your Future is a free coding boot camp in London for asylum seekers and refugees And it's run by volunteer mentors working in the tech industry. So recognizing the lack of opportunities for refugees, German Benchy said he started Code Your Future to give refugees practical web skills while helping them network with the tech industry insiders. So he quotes, if you ask refugees what it is that they want most in life, it's just to have a job, to have a place to live, and to have security. So this was a really good piece on how Code Your Future is helping refugees in London.
1: And then Progress.com profiles Al-Makina, which offers 13-week full-time immersive software engineering boot camps in Egypt. And when founder Bahia el shakawi noticed that not many women were joining the program, she established an all-women's introductory program to encourage more women to learn to code. And the article mentions that Al-Makina means the machine in Arabic, which I thought was a cool little piece of info.
0: Trinidad and Tobago Newsday highlights a woman named Sherez who is crowdfunding to go to CodeWorks three-month immersive full-stack software engineering boot camp in Barcelona. She's trying to raise 8,000 euros by May 4th. She's raised about 2,500 so far. Um, This is kind of a just little interest piece. But if you want to help her reach her goal, you can go to futurefunded.co.
2: So Dan Patterson of Tech Republic also interviewed Miami-based coding bootcamp WinCode and their co-founder and CEO, Johanna McCola, about why having more women in tech management is good for business and how WinCode is trying to help close the gap. So Johanna points out that businesses create better products when development teams are more reflective of end users. To encourage more women to get this type of coding education, WinCo committed $1.4 million over four years to get to 50% women across all of their programs. For emerging tech ecosystems like Miami, diversity is a competitive advantage because if they can show that a diverse tech ecosystem is possible... WinCode can definitely be a leader in the country and attract even more talent to the city.
0: So one of the defining characteristics of a coding bootcamp is that they can update and iterate their curricula really quickly as software trends come and go, and they can teach really hands-on practical skills. So Imogen, tell us about what sorts of skills are in demand for bootcamps now.
1: So Fast Company profiles a Flatiron School NYC Tech Talent Pipeline grad and suggests that practical skills will become more important than having a degree in future. The article quotes CEOs from IBM and LinkedIn, saying that skills are the most relevant thing these days. But it also looks at the other side, where the CEO of Skillful says that, quote, making it skills versus credentials is a bit of a false choice, end quote, and suggests that employers actually need to change their mindsets about what prerequisites they need. The article also mentions Mission U and how the school tries to give students a more rounded education by teaching business and problem solving skills.
0: I totally agree. That kind of like either or choice between skills versus like degrees or credentials does seem like kind of a false, a false forced choice. In EdSurge this month, there's a guest post from David Yang, who is the CEO of Full Stack Academy, about the evolution of the coding bootcamp model from 1.0 to 2.0. So we talked a while ago about David's last article for EdSurge, where he applies Gartner's hype cycle to the early stages of the bootcamp model. That predicted some consolidation because there would be so many similar products. And David says that that's what we saw towards the end of 2017 is that First wave of boot camps started, you know, that started between 2011 and 2013 have now been acquired. In this EdSurge article, David now applies the crossing the chasm uh, model to boot camps 2.0. So he predicts add-ons to create a whole product for students like financing, credentials, alumni networks, and housing, and predicts new methods of delivery, uh part meaning, you know, partnerships with universities and partnerships with government. I think we're already seeing all of these things at early stages, but it's interesting um, for David to kind of apply that model to predict what we should see in the future.
2: So we've talked about practical skills, but Emily Johnson of Information Week looks at how important soft skills are for working in tech. Johnson discusses how soft skills are actually really hard to master, yet more and more they're proving to be the attributes that give candidates an edge when looking for new roles in leadership positions. Johnson also references a 2017 study by ICIMS, a provider of cloud-based talent acquisition solutions, that stated, 94% of recruiting professionals believe an employee with stronger soft skills has a better chance of being promoted to a leadership position than an employee with more years of experience but weaker soft skills.
0: Interesting study, cool. So we've talked about all of the best ways for people to upskill and which programming languages and skills they should be learning at a bootcamp. But what actually happens when students graduate from coding boot camps? Let's look at some of those success stories. Imogen, did you read anything in the New York Times this month about successful students?
1: Yeah, so I read an opinion piece by Tina Rosenberg in the New York Times, which looks at how web development boot camps like C4Q's Access Code and General Assembly's Per Scholar's initiative can lead to high-paying jobs for people from underserved backgrounds. She mentions how 60% of jobs over the next six years will be in computer science and talks to Blue Apron founder Ilya Papas, who said, quote, it takes months to hire a software engineer in New York City, end quote. Now, C4Q is a 10-month coding bootcamp aimed at low-income students and offers an income-sharing agreement where they pay after they get a job. Their Level Up program also allows companies to pay to put students through the boot camp. Forbes also profiles the founder of C4Q, Ju K. who was coincidentally a classmate of Mark Zuckerberg's at Harvard. He then joined the military after college, and after meeting people with such different backgrounds, he realized that, quote, Talent is universal, but opportunity is not, end quote. And that's why he founded C4Q in Queens for people earning less than $40,000. And then C4Q has funding from Google, Salesforce, and the Robin Hood Foundation.
2: AL.com, an Alabama news website, profiled a graduate of Innovate Birmingham, a 14-week boot camp aiming to help retrain Birmingham's native-born talent. The piece also highlights Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin and his encouragement to grads
0: to start their own lane in the tech industry and become entrepreneurs. Wonderful. And Irish Tech News profiles a boot camp grad, Andres Correa, who is a former pastry chef. He went to Code Institute in Dublin and is now working as a full stack developer. He started at Accenture and now he works at a startup.
1: Very cool. And then Hypopotamus profiles a Georgia Tech coding bootcamp grad and veteran who wants to use his skills to solve social services challenges. Kenneth Barnes was previously in the Air
2: Force and has a bachelor's degree in social work. Nice. Uh, GCU Today profiled the Grand Canyon University's 15-week Java bootcamp in Phoenix, Arizona. The bootcamp's inaugural students built Java apps aimed to improve messaging and appointment reminders for a local nonprofit. Fresh Start Women's Foundation, which helps women transform their lives through education and other resources. It's a cool partnership.
1: So some great success stories there, but life isn't always completely rosy for bootcamp grads. Did anyone read about any road bumps this month?
0: Yeah, okay. Here's an interesting legal issue. So, according to the Northern California record, App Academy is alleging that a student who found a job in 2013 has failed to pay back the tuition required in their deferred tuition agreement. So, App Academy is one of the more well known deferred tuition schools where you don't pay tuition until you get a job. Um, They allege that the student, you know, breached their contract and owes them $15,000 because they got that job within a year of graduating. Um, You know, I think this is a trend around the U.S. Schools are starting to offer deferred tuition and income sharing agreements. So while this is just an individual story, I'm mostly curious to see if this sets any sort of precedent for those other schools. So we will definitely keep an eye on this.
1: And continuing in this vein of sort of bumps in the road... Jacobin Mag looked at a unionization saga involving a group of Hackbright alumni, one of whom was fired from her role. So this this article is very long and kind of dense, but it looks at how a tech company called LaneTix fired all its software engineers after they tried to unionize with NewsGear Communications Workers of America. The engineers felt they were being pressured not to take time off and weren't being listened to. And after one Hackbright grad was fired for questioning the status quo, the remaining engineers decided to unionize. This story was also covered by the San Francisco Chronicle back in January when LaneTix ended up firing the entire engineering staff and moving their engineering workforce to Eastern Europe. Um, now the union has filed a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board, and the result is not yet out. According to the Hackbright Academy website, LaneTix is or was a hiring partner.
0: Interesting. Love a good union saga. We'll keep an eye on that one too.
1: So
2: what new campuses and schools have been announced in April? Well, a few publications like Fast Company and Houston Chronicle announced that NY-based Flatiron School is expanding to Houston, Texas, and they're offering a scholarship in partnership with Facebook. The Flatiron School will have a Facebook boot camp at the new location, with Facebook covering the cost of a 15-week coding boot camp for the entire class. The two companies are working with local organizations like Houston Area Urban League and Baker Ripley to
0: help find students for the free program. Flatiron School is also launching in London. So Carly Kloss joined Flatiron co-founder Avi Flombaum for a panel discussion about that forthcoming launch at the London WeWork. Uh, Of course, that led to pieces in Just Jared and Daily Mail, which is pretty per usual when Carly Kloss does anything. They have to write about what she's wearing and that she's working with Flatiron School.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She actually had a cool outfit on for that panel. I liked it. Cool. And then Provalis, a nine-week intensive training program to teach software development, has launched in Bruton, Alabama. Five cohorts have now graduated, with 40 people already hired in software developer jobs at Fortune 2000 companies.
2: WRAL TechWire profiled Momentum Learning, a Durham-based learning organization created to fill the demand for developers. Remember, this is a school that was created from former Iron Yard executives. The piece touches on how momentum will increase the tech talent pipeline and live in Research Triangle Park, with its multiple technical colleges, a conglomerate of esteemed universities, and several renowned hospitals and other scientific institutions. So there's no real shortage of industry jobs in, in Durham, North Carolina.
0: Wonderful. So Lauren, which new coding bootcamps do we add to the course report directory in April? So we've
2: added quite a few. So we have Coding Experiences, which is in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Microverse, which is online. Kickstart Coding in Oakland, California. IC Bootcamp in Lahore, Pakistan and online. Innovate Birmingham in Birmingham, Alabama. Ola Code in Mexico City, Mexico. Code Partners in Bethesda, Maryland. Cook Systems Fast Tracked which is in Memphis, Tennessee, and then Perscolis, which has various courses in Dallas, Texas, New York City, and Atlanta, Georgia. Wonderful. Well,
0: welcome to all of those new schools. And let's just finish up by talking about our favorite pieces that we wrote for the blog this month. Um, Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on in April?
1: So I really enjoyed profiling Tech Elevator's new Pittsburgh campus. I had absolutely no idea that Pittsburgh was such a burgeoning tech hub with thousands of open tech jobs and companies like Google, Amazon and Uber have opened offices there. I spoke to Justin Driscoll, who's the campus director at Tech Elevator, who has worked with the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and he raved about the city. Apparently, it has lots of cute and varied neighborhoods and the cost of housing is so much cheaper than New York and San Francisco. I did a little bit of Google image searching, and it actually does look like a cool city. Liz and I were both commenting that we were tempted to move.
0: <laughs> yeah, after reading Justin's um, opinions of Pittsburgh, we were like, maybe we should be in Pittsburgh. Who yeah, knows? <laughs> it sounds pretty awesome. Well, on trend for this month, since we talked so much about uh, corporate training and that kind of arm of, of the bootcamp industry, I interviewed an IT manager who had worked with Software Guild to retrain his team of developers. He saw inconsistencies between teams and the way that they wrote code in Java. So they ended up putting everyone through the same course to get the team on the same page. This employer said it was totally worth it, but here's his advice for other employers. He says, quote, it's wise for a company to sit down, calculate the cost of training and determine the return on that investment. It doesn't take very long to see that there's a positive ROI on the cost of training. When you eliminate your technical debt, the return comes back pretty quickly. So yeah, read that piece if you're interested in the corporate training trend or if you're an employer who's wondering if they should partner with a boot camp to get your employees up to speed. And Lauren, what was your favorite piece this month? I had a really great conversation with the Holburton School alum,
2: Max Johnson. So Max was living paycheck to paycheck. He was jumping between jobs as a mental health therapist, delivery driver, and physical trainer. He wasn't satisfied with his current career trajectory and wanted a more viable career path. So he took a really big risk um, and drove across the country from New Jersey to San Francisco to attend Holburton School. So that's a really great alumni spotlight.
0: Yeah, that's a long way to drive. <laughs> yeah. Well, go Max. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. As always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we will see you in May to talk about everything that happens in coding bootcamps next month. Bye.
1: Bye.